a radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. Kramer Valdez can't do everything, you guys. He can't. The rest of this Astros team needs to wake the bleep up as they once again lose, this time falling 4-2 to the St. Louis Cardinals last night. The Cardinals are 33-45. and on the year, and all they were able to do was get two runs. And I mean, one of them came in the first inning on a near double play. Oh my God, what are we doing here? I feel bad for Framber Valdez. Now, he didn't pitch great last night, but the expectation for Framber Valdez every single night for the Astros with the way that their offense is not hitting is essentially, please, for the love of God, allow less than three runs. Like That's what you are depending on with Valdez. And on the occasional eh, night, which he had last night, he throws six, he allowed eight hits, four earned runs, he walked three, also a problem, and six strikeouts. He's 7-6 and six this year. Win stats aren't a big deal in baseball, but when you have a sub-3 ERA and you're one game above 500, despite being the clear ace of a team, it's really just another spotlight on how disappointing this team continues to be. And I'm not saying the season's over, but as I said yesterday... Put a gun to my head. Ask me if at the end of the year, this team will be winning the World Series. I I still feel the same way. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Wednesday, June 28th of 2023. You want to jump aboard the most interactive sports talk show in town. 713-780-3776. 713-780-ESPN. You can join us in our Twitch chat. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. King of all Twitches says St. Louis is a tough place to play. But they have really polite fans, I thought. I mean, their fans go out of their way to kiss their own ass, fart in a wine glass, and smell that smell because they're very polite. This might be the one place where the Astros don't get booed, for all I know. But you can interact that way. You can also join us on Twitter at Gallant Says, at ESPN 97.5, at Sean A. Mapes. It's getting worse and worse, Sean. I want to somehow feel better about the Astros, but I saw a couple of things today on my way into the station. And it has to do with conversations had on the flagship station yesterday. Dusty Baker wall on the flagship said about Rafael Montero's struggles. I'm trying to stick with Montero. He's throwing lights out. Yes, he actually said that. He's throwing lights out. Are we talking blackout? 
like blackout drunk, like one of my friends was for the majority of this past weekend in D.C. at a wedding? We talking about that, Sean? He's throwing literally with the lights out. And so we don't know where the ball's going. So we can't see what he's doing. We just hear loud noises and the other team scores runs. Is it possible that he, like Jameis Winston, needs contacts? Is there anything? Is there anything we could look at and say, you know, this is why? And he didn't pitch last night because another thing to be concerned about, they are working both Brian Abreu and Phil Maton to effing death. Maton made his 36th appearance of the year last night. They've played 79 games. The most appearances he's had in a season is 67. So right now we're going to be on pace guy. He's on pace for something like what? 73, 74. Brian Abreu has made 36 appearances this year. His career high for a season is 55. He's going to lap that bad boy. So you're overusing your relievers. Your starting pitching isn't getting enough support. Oh, and then there's this. Jose Altuve was out of the lineup last night for a second consecutive game. He was off on Monday, um, too, but obviously they didn't have any game on Monday. The team said in its game notes, Altuve had soreness in his right heel. For all I know, with the Astros, the way they talk about injuries, that's a Liz Frank or an Achilles injury, and Jose is never going to play baseball again. Like That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Sorry, I just don't have the positive vibes. I don't. And I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better because I just don't really know what the hell the Astros are going to do with the trade deadline. doesn't sound like they're going to be that aggressive as far as winning in 2023. Dana Brown was on the flagship this morning, and Brown was asked, hey, are you looking at all options? And he said, yeah, no one's untradeable when specifically asked about Drew Gilbert, who's the Astros' top prospect, though he hasn't been playing so well in double A, he said, look, we're not going to trade a guy that's a prospect for a rental. And I, I mean, I think right now, if, if you're looking for something to bolster the Astros of significance, that's probably the best you're going to be able to get is some sort of a rental by the end of the year. But who's it going to be? And you're in third effing place right now. You're in third place. So that's where I'm at, guys. 713-780-3776 to call into text, and you can join us, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. King of all twitches, he's throwing lights out, ends the game with an L. Hi-oh. Uh, Pinche, Blackout Montero sounds like another troubling comment. I'm reporting Polly to the FCC. Well, we're not talking like a blackout party or those raves that Barstool almost got canceled for a couple of years back. No, we're not talking about that. But we are talking about a team that's like, eh. Can't even win with Framers on the mound now. And, I mean, that's been largely all of 2023. He's 7-6 with a 2.49 ERA. You can't score five runs against the effing Cardinals. You had a day off. Are the, are the sights of St. Louis too much? Were you driving around town listening to Josh Innes be a DJ in St. Louis? Did Josh say mean things about the uh, Houston Astros? He, he might have. Did, did that hurt your feelings? I, I'm trying to figure this out. They're did, looking at the arch. Oh, they're fine arch. It's beautiful. It's a great arch. Did did the bus get robbed? There's a lot of crime in St. Louis, I hear. I hear St. Louis was was uh, one of those cities that was going downhill before everyone started using the pandemic as an excuse, like Seattle and San Francisco. Ah, that's, that's not the best place to go. I think there was a joke about how in uh, 
the vacation movie while they're driving across country to Wally World. They stop in St. Louis and like the all the wheels get stolen. Is that racially coded? I don't know. All I know is St. Louis seems like a dump. But it's got an arch. No football team, but a baseball team. A baseball team with supposedly the best fans in baseball. I, I want to redirect my aggression. I know that a lot of people that listen every day, you don't want to hear that the Astros are stinking it up. But, I mean, eh, you know, the Angels are overtaking them in the AL West last night. Do we dump on Cardinals fans? I mean, at least at least the Cardinals stink and Cardinals fans are showing that they're like all other fans across baseball. But, I mean, that's sort of where we're at right now. You want to jump in 713-780-3776 to call in and to text it. I feel bad for Fran Valdez. I do. And I, I, I don't know where the hell else the Astros are going to get an injection of life, especially if now... Maybe you should be concerned about Jose Altuve. We'll see if he's in the lineup when Dusty Baker releases the lineup that I'm sure a lot of you guys will criticize as if it's Dusty's fault when it comes out later today before the Cardinals continue that series in St. Louis. We got a lot of stuff to talk about on today's show. We're going to do a new segment. It's the John Wall Memorial Podcasting Games. As we take a look at athlete appearances, on podcasts across sports. We've got a Houston Texan being extremely mean to Nick Casario. And next, I've got a wandering eye in baseball, and uh, my eye continues to go, whenever I see this guy, especially after what he did last night. Tell you who I'm talking about next is the Paul Gallant Show. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston. In the last segment, we were talking about Framber Valdez and how even though his ERA is 2.49, he's 7-6 and because the Astros can't score. My ace cannot pitch the ball. Field the ball, because the fielding's been ass for this team this year, and hit the ball, right? Like, that's where we're at with Framber Valdez. Should we start shopping Framber Valdez so that he can win a championship this year? And then we can start rooting for him in another city. Like, that's, that's where I'm at, guys. I'm not in a good spot. I'm not. And you know me, I'm a bit of a baseball slut, and we've, we've, been around, you know, we were married to the Red Sox, but eh, didn't end so well. We, we've we had affairs with the Seattle Mariners, but hey, we were just getting paid for it, okay? I was in Seattle. What did you expect me to do? Lie the whole time that 
<laughs> that I'm a Mariners fan. Like, uh, eventually you have to become one. <laughs> you can't live a lie. Eventually you have to be exactly what you sought to destroy. But we're going to introduce a new segment because I-, I am obsessed with somebody else in the world of baseball. It's not a team. It's a man. It's an idea. It's Shohei Otani as part of a new segment that we're going to call Angels Watch? Angels Watch. Eh, they're frauds. Otani Watch. Twenty twenty three. So the best part about that clip is Otani is striking out his teammate there, Mike Trout. Here's what Shohei Otani did last night for the now second place Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Three for three at the plate with two home runs, pitching six and a third innings, ten strikeouts. He is batting four oh seven in games he pitches so far this season. And again, the Astros should trade Drew Gilbert for Shohei Otani or whatever they want and just give him a one-year, $100 million contract. I know, logistics, whatever. Jim Crane, I guess you're a poor. It's fine. You're not special. You're not special. You're poor. That's fine. Like, you are who you are. If you can't get Shohei Otani, like, that's, that's what I view you as. But, yeah, it also looks like the Angels aren't going to be parting ways with Otani anytime soon. I think that's the most disappointing part as we take a look at the American League West. You're hoping for there to be less competition in the future, and I don't know if the Rangers are going to be able to do this for more than this season. I don't know if this is a one-time thing for the Mariners, but the fact that Otani's playing well in L.A., and L.A. is kind of winning, definitely means there's a chance that he's going to end up extending there. So there you go, guys. That's uh, Otani Watch 2023. Anyone recognize that music? No. Oh, come on. Is it from a video game? No, it's from Dragon Ball Z. That is the Vegeta mm. theme from Dragon Ball Z. It's like the Hell's Bells theme of, of anime. It's incredible. Love it. Do I ever use it at the gym when I'm pushing? Check that. Attempting to push three plates. Yes. Yes, I do. Actually, I guess it's four plates. Two plates? Two plates on each side. I don't know how the I don't know what the gym term is. I don't know. Just know I'm in shape, but not enough to push four plates. Six plates? Five plates. Say six, because it makes it sound more impressive. Six plates is insane. I I will I will never in my see life. The Nick be... Chubb clip of him uh, I squatting. Not. How much did he do? So many plates I could not count them. And he's bench pressing them. No, squatting. Oh, he's squatting. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> Everyone could squat six. The bar is like bending. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happens if you try to squat a significant amount more than what you normally do. I never go north of 250 because I just I feel like there's a chance someday my knees are just going to spontaneously combust and I'm just going to like have nubs for legs because of just- compound fractures on the floor. Like a like a cartoon or just like your leg bones are just sticking up through your knees. Oh <laughs> yeah. Ew, ew. I like I, I've seen a couple of people that try to deadlift or squat an absurd amount of weight and their body like goes through a seizure and they start puking all over the place and like collapsing and fainting. Nope. Count me out on that. We got a limit. 
we have a limit. I'm really struggling. You guys want the baseball talk, right? I love how this show gets mad when you shift out of baseball to talk about football, basketball. But it's like, but when the team sucks, you actually don't want to talk about the Astros. This is why you guys are a little bit bandwagony. It's okay. I am too. We're all fair weather when it comes down to it, right? That's Houston sports in a nutshell. We show up at 745 and we get mad about the games being shorter now because of pitch clocks because we didn't really get ahead of time with getting out to the ballpark. We didn't think we didn't factor in parking. We didn't factor in the traffic downtown. Didn't do that because you're not that diehard about it. But whatever. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. I'm not judging you. It's hot outside, too, right now, right? The weather. Am I right? I want to talk about Cardinals fans for a moment. Because I've always wondered why Cardinals fans get put on this pedestal. And I did a lot of research about it last night. So, there was a Bleacher Report article in 2010 in response to some Chicago columnist that goes out of its way to kiss the ass of Cardinals fans everywhere. Yeah, we cheered Randy Johnson after his 303rd win. In St. Louis, nobody has ever booed for the sake of booing. I have yet to hear boos audible enough to be picked up by television crews. Apparently, our standing ovations show how idiotic and blindingly loyal, as Bob Warja wrote of Cardinals fans at the time, we are. Uh, there was a October 12th, 2013 story in the USA Today titled Cardinals Tip Caps to Best Fans in Baseball. There is an actual post at MLB.com called The Cardinal Way. From practice drills to roster management, The Cardinal Way has been used to describe everything that the Cardinals do and why they do it. In addition, it has served as a conduit through which the organization has blended the philosophies of all its past and present managers and coaches. This blend has even helped mend organizational schisms between the management of the major league club and the overall development of the minor league system. Yes, this blend, also known as hacking. The Cardinals actually had just as bad of a scandal as the Houston Astros did over the past decade. But people kind of forgot that one, didn't they? Remember, I mean, now Jeff Luno came from there. and Maybe maybe this was a Jeff Luno thing. But the Astros, or excuse me, the Astros, yeah, it was the Astros. The Astros forgot to change their password when they moved their, I guess, analytical, what, like Microsoft Excel spreadsheet or whatever the hell it was from St. Louis to Houston, and the Cardinals just hacked it. I mean, hacking, that's that's jail time, isn't it? Hacking into another business? Yeah, it's just not as sexy as as banging trash cans, you know? I know, but, like, it... It, it, is, it is... It's pretty... It's pretty bad. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, no, they're... That's outside the realm of baseball. Baseball's a sport. This yeah, is, this is hacking cyber business. Crime. It, it is, 100%. So things have changed. I think ever since Cardinals fans started getting put up on this pedestal, there's been a massive pushback. I think there was an article. This is from 2015. Cardinals fans voted the most insufferable in baseball. 
Uh, you had uh, in 2021, Cardinals fans dubbed the 10th most annoying in all of baseball. You have more comments on Cardinals fans who supposedly never boo anybody. Adam Wainwright, who plays for the Cardinals, has apparently left social media because he has been bullied as much as he has by Cardinals fans. Cardinals fans who never boo were booing earlier this year. And they also, I guess, went on the war path against some sort of analyst who said that they were overreacting. Like they're not as they're not special. But they've been put on this pedestal and it does annoy me. I I I, I hate that the Astros are losing to this team on top of all of that, too, with their very special fans. Like, Was there like a polite round of applause for Framber Valdez as he came off the mound last night? I don't know. It wasn't there. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, 713-780-3776 to call in. To text in as well on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. Up next, we go across the NFL in the 10-minute drill. A former Houston Texan, Ryan Mallett, passed away. Talk about some of the things that we talked about with him back in the day. Also, it does look like the Jets are the front runner to be on Hard Knocks. And more Derek Hart's Paul Galancho. Stick around. ESPN 97.5. You've chosen wisely. Hell yeah. Hi, hon. Want to tag along to the grocery store with me? We're ready for some football, baby. Tackling the biggest issues in the NFL. This just in. Here's the 10-Minute Drill with Paul Gallant. Football time. We had some sad news in the NFL yesterday. And if you are a Houston Texan fan, you might remember Ryan Mallett as a guy who was a part of the 2015 Texans hard knock season. He also was a quarterback for the team in 2014 when they traded for him from the New England Patriots. He played in a couple of games. That season, but he was injured in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he went back and forth with Brian Hoyer in the 2015 season. He passed away 35 years old after drowning in Destin, Florida. For those who don't know that much about the area, it's been the deadliest beach in the United States this year. In the past nine days there have been seven rip current related deaths and more surf zone fatalities than any other beach in the U.S. in 2023 so there's red flag warnings out there and I don't know the specifics of what led to Mallet's drowning all I know is it's sad you have to be careful on beaches in the Gulf and anywhere because there are hazard warnings there, just a reminder. You, you don't know what's there. I feel bad for Ryan Mallett from this perspective. I think often when we're, we're young, we have opportunities that we maybe take for granted. And I think you could argue with the alarm clock incidents that he had, the, the one in training campus as he was battling to be the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans and the fact that he missed a flight to Miami as well, which led to his outright release the week afterwards. You wonder, hey, if he took it a little bit more seriously, is this a guy who would have had a productive career in the NFL? He had a cannon for an arm. We used to joke about that Death Star-esque laser of an arm he had. Sometimes led to bad results. 
wasn't the most accurate quarterback, but one of the biggest arms I think that we've seen in league history. But it seemed like Ryan Mallett had been able to find some sort of purpose in life. He was a high school football coach at uh, Whitehall High in Whitehall, Arkansas. And I, I, I hope that things were going well for him. It's just a shame that you, you go out what seems like on a vacation and, and all this hits the bricks. Um, you, you might remember from this scene on Hard Knocks, this is when Bill O'Brien told Mallet that he was going to bench him for Brian Hoyer. Really, it comes down to consistency. It's just consistency over time from OTAs through training camp, consistency in the meeting room, consistency on the field, consistency all the way around in the organization. And it's really not that big of a difference. I will say that in front of you. It's really not. You've got to earn it every day. Okay, now, when it comes to, like, leadership and things like that, it's important for the quarterback to be a leader. Like, there's no doubt about that. But you've got to earn it on the field. You've got to win games with the Houston Texans before you become the leader of the team. Mm -hmm. And what I would expect from you, Ryan, is to be a professional about it, to prepare like a starter, be ready to play. If things aren't going very well, look, we're not on a short leash here, but, like, look, like we're not going to, like, sit there and, and let it go, like, eight games of not being very good. You need, to be, you need to be really ready to go. Mallet was benched there, got another opportunity. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I, I, I really do hope that his post-playing career was – a, a good one. I hope that he was having a happy life. It's absolutely horrible to, to see that yesterday. I mean, we had a lot of, I think, jokes at Mount's expense as things hit the fan. But, man, 35 years old. It's super sad to see that. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, Ryan Mallett. We'll shift to another topic that involves hard knocks. It does seem like the New York Jets are going to be the hard knocks team for 2023. Said it before. I'll say it again, probably not going to watch. I think Hard Knocks has officially allowed teams to have too much executive control over what makes it to air. But there have been good seasons in the past. They actually did involve the New York Jets, whether it's Rex Ryan's infamous let's get a snack speech. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets and not some black team. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the f I want to see tomorrow? Let's go to eat a damn snack. You also had this moment where Antonio Cromartie, who is very, very uh, fertile, was trying to remember all the names of his kids. Yeah, Alonzo, who is five. I have. Um, Karis, who is three. I have my my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's a, he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th named London. Uh, another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two years old. And... Uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. I feel bad that Cromartie got roasted as badly as he did because here's the thing. 
he did earn $47 million over the course of his career in the league. Those kids are probably maybe not getting a day-to-day experience with their father. But I would assume that they have been well provided for. I mean, even if you have that many kids, $47 million is a lot of money. I maybe I imagine Cromartie perhaps regrets having that many kids, but I, I I think we all roasted him for not remembering all of them. Yeah, understandable. I think we would maybe have to ask Nick Cannon, some of the other guys. Like, uh, didn't Calvin Murphy have a lot of kids? We have Sean Kemp. Like, there's a lot of people who are very very uh much volume fathers, just sort of like a volume shooter, if you will. But I would assume that those kids have all been pretty well provided for, and maybe that doesn't always lead to success. But, you know, as somebody who lived over a 1,000 miles away from my dad for like four years, my dad always was there over the phone and was able to provide for me from afar. So um, I feel like Antonio Cavardi got a bad rap for that moment, which did obviously go viral. Yeah, $47 million, 14 kids. That's almost $4 million per kid. Yeah. You know? Now, some of that money is probably going to go to him. Well, but yeah. Still. And the state, probably. So, yeah. That's still, like, let's just half that. That's $2 million per kid. Like, right. That's, that's, yeah. This is me, perhaps. He's, doing... he's just got to be on FaceTime a lot, is what you're saying. Yeah. Look, there, there's the technology now. And, and look, look. I, I'm someone who always advocates uh, wrapping it up. Wrap it up. Just wrap it up. Unless my dad taught me. Wrap it up. No, no, he didn't teach me. He just told me how to do it. Sean, stop laughing. Okay? There's the birds and the bees conversation, and then there's the don't get anyone knocked up, brah, conversation, too. Which my dad told me that as he was wearing a sideways hat, holding a skateboard over his shoulder, saying, how you do, fellow kids? Okay, I, I didn't know until you directly referenced the meme. My if, dad If is- you're actually serious that he said, brah. Yeah. In the middle. My dad is Steve Buscemi. People don't know that. Yeah, I, can see, I can see the resemblance. One time, my dad was confused for Jim Nance. And he was like, who's Jim Nance? Is my dad allowed in Houston? It's a great question. I don't know. Jim Nance and me, power coogs here. Anyway, uh, let's continue to go around the league. Derek Carr, we love it whenever he talks. Derek Carr was asked about the end of his time in Vegas. Here's what he had to say. I was, for lack of a better term, I was very upset. I was mad. You spend nine years in a place you have all the records you can play at a high level for something to get in the way, whether it, whatever it was, whatever reason, money-related or whatever, injury-related, I would have said I don't want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans. I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire under, inside me to keep going now that I'm in New Orleans. I've survived about 20 coaches. And that's how it goes, and it is what it is. But I'm happy to be somewhere where we're in a stable organization that has been proven for years. And I hope the Raiders find something good there, too, where they can keep that stability for the next guys because I know how important it is, and I care about my old teammates. But for this time being, I'm just excited to be part of the Saints organization because they've won at a high level for a long, long time. I guess he also said, like, well, they made my wife cry, and I don't like that. Very subtle, saying, I've survived about 20 coaches. I think it's a bit of an exaggeration. 
But there have been a lot of coaches with the Raiders in Derek Carr's time in the league. And Derek Carr came into the league in what, 2014? He was a second-round pick in 2014? Texans, what if? What if the Texans had drafted Derek Carr in the second round instead of Xavier Suofilo? Would the Bill O'Brien era have led to more than it did? Because that was an option for them. And a lot of people wondered after the draft, especially considering Xavier Suofilo never amounted to anything in the league. I remember wondering, like, in in real time, like, I was like, they probably won't draft Derek Carr's brother or uh, David Carr's brother just because he's David Carr's brother. Like, I I honestly was like, I this, yeah. is, this isn't how you should run a football team, but the Texans do a lot of things you shouldn't do. And yes. I was like, there's probably no legitimate uh, chance that someone else wears car number eight on the back of that his jersey. That was 100% it. Yes. It was, we can't have another car. If it was Derek, you know, Derek Smith, I think he could, he, he has a better chance at getting drafted in the second round by the Texans. It's a shame. I, I think they were turned off by his brother because his brother didn't have the best work habits. And, and I think, you know, it goes to show you too that the NFL did have, a, I think, a big problem. I'm not saying this is why David Carr uh, flamed out. Carr also got sacked a bazillion times the first couple of years with the Texans. But I wonder if those rookie wage scale contracts were put into place earlier, if some of these players would have perhaps been a little bit more on the grind knowing what happens with that second contract. Yeah, because there's the difference between getting signing your rookie deal for – 90 100 million dollars versus having like you said to get that second deal yeah that is, that's at least a carrot you know yeah hey credit to him for getting that money but uh it's something i've always wondered about and by the way Derek carr is probably about like the mid-level for quarterbacks in the nfl where you want better than him but you could do a lot worse than him uh another guy that's a little bit north of that is kirk cousins and apparently there is going to be a bidding war for Kirk Cousins next offseason between the San Francisco 49ers, I guess they don't like Brock Purdy that much, and the Los Angeles Rams. Good luck with that. And again, it's not even to say Cousins is bad. Like I, I'd take Cousins here. Cousins, theoretically, could be better than than what C.J. Stroud ever becomes. But ooh. It's just the idea that there's a bidding war for this guy. Yeah. And, 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 and he's made already so much money. Imagine imagine him making more money because there's weirdly a market for a guy that everyone knows. Like He's going to not get you exactly where you want to go. He's going to get you to just where you're almost happy. And again, we're like three weeks away or, th- or three months from Lamar Jackson having like every team in the league being like, we are not interested in yes. Lamar Jackson. And there's going to be a bidding war for Kirk Cousins. He is Sean Mapes behind the glass. I am Paul Gallant. A Houston Texan that I thought could be a potential surprise cut has perhaps made his situation here worse. We'll tell you how next. You've been enjoying ESPN 97.5. Time for you to tell a friend about this place. What is this place? What is this place? What is this place? What is this place? Welcome back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's your host, former Shorecrest Preparatory All-District Safety, Paul DeLine. I'm just just glad that Spencer doesn't laugh at that. Oklahoma legend, NFL player, respects 
real. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston with a flag football and high school football legend. Yeah, we're just going to keep on milking that as much as I possibly can. I got to work on that Derek Carr impersonation. I was watching last night, got back into it after being in D.C., House of Cards. Can't believe that show's 10 years old. Uh, That kind of blew my mind. I think it came out, and I want to say 2012? I could be wrong, but that was one of Netflix's first prestige shows as they made the switch to... to, um, uh, from being, you know, the DVDs in the mail to a streaming service. It was thir- 20, uh, or, yeah, 2013, February 1st. So it's been over 10 wow. years now. Just yeah. So started watching it again last night after having been in Washington, D.C. Early Rachel Brosnahan's in it. You have Kate Mara if you want eye candy. Robin Wright. There's a lot of eye candy in the show. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. Kevin Spacey. For some, Yeah. I mean, that's that's why he just dies at the end of, I think, season five. And there's no explanation because he had been canceled. <laughs> so they literally just killed him and they opened up season six with him in a box. And and then all of a sudden, Robin Wright has been sworn in. Claire on the wood has been has been sworn in. And that's the reason I talk about accents here, because I was trying out my, my Frank Underwood. When I was growing up in South Carolina, my father always used to pelt me with a peach. There was a giant peach in our backyard, and it taught me the meaning that if you you never let a hungry peach lie. I don't know. I'm better with Frank Underwood than I am with a uh, Derek Carr impersonation. Um, As far as diva impersonations, how about Steven Nelson, cornerback for the Houston Texans? So... For those who don't know, Steven Nelson, who played pretty well for the Texans last season, is looking for a contract extension. The unfortunate thing for Steven Nelson is that, say, the Texans decide to move on from him this offseason, they would save nearly $4 million. I was taking a look at players up and down the roster that makes sense as surprise cuts late in camp. Christian Kirksey's number one. They would save over five if they get rid of him. Nelson, in a very crowded cornerback room that also added Shaquille Griffin to it, who played very well in this Seattle version of this defensive system that D'Amico Ryans is running a couple of years ago. Nelson is, I think, a possible surprise cut. Because I think he played well last year, but I don't think he took the position by storm. The Texans secondary was good, but is he replaceable? He might be. Anyway, Nelson posted this to his Instagram story last night. It's a picture of a vest. The caption over this vest reads, Can't trust a MF. We all know what that stands for, Mother Bleeper. That wear these for every day of the week. Clown freak. And I don't think this is going to help Steven Nelson get what he wants. But here's what I've heard from people closer 
to Nelson. The Texans don't want to cut Steve. He's their second best corner. You are allowed to be unhappy with your contract. Nick isn't the boss. When I brought up, well, I mean, cap figures, easy to move on from, save some money. Shaq Griffin's back. He continued by saying, Griffin's got a back issue. D'Amico and Nick had told Steve that something was going to happen with his contract. And since he's the 40th paid corner in the NFL, the Texans are like, well, we want to reward you. And I guess Nick hugging him at minicamp slash D'Amico asking Steven how much money he wanted are all things that have Steven annoyed that that extension hasn't happened. Now, I don't think this is the way to expedite that process calling your general manager a clown freak because that's a hundred percent what you're doing here Uh, have you sean ever asked for a raise after calling your boss a clown freak on social media i mean there's a social media no well there's a chance that nick doesn't see this because it's on social media and nick does not strike me as somebody who has an instagram let alone a tiktok It's possible that this is something that goes completely under the radar. It's not possible. I don't know, Sean. It's not. It's not possible that uh, that Nick Nick Casario is on his phone and and he's like, oh, I want to. You know, I follow my players. I want to see what what's on their stories. What what's on good old Steve Nelson? Oh, clown freak. Uh, I don't think that happens. But I'm sure if we're Talking about it, if we're if we're discussing it on our show, I'm sure someone in the Texans organization has has been like or will at some point be like, "Hey, Nick, you see you see this, Nick? What do you think of your cornerback who's looking for an extension calling you a clown freak because you wear a vest to work every day?" In Stephen Nelson's defense, I kind of agree with him. It's bleeping hot outside. Yeah. Yeah. You're wearing a vest. I get it. It might be cold inside. Maybe you're one of those Northeasterners who are like, why is there air conditioning on everywhere? And you're going to write an op-ed in the New York Times about how it's making your nipples pointy at work. But, hey, maybe that's you. But huh. still, it's so effing hot this time of year. What are you doing wearing a vest? And I feel like. We've seen Casario wearing a vest past February. It is nice in Houston past February. There's the occasional cold day in January and December, right? If you're wearing a vest, though, in any month in Texas that's not October, November, December, or January, you are a freak. Clown freak? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Steven Nelson here. And I like Nick Casario. I do. <laughs> I think he gets a bad rap. I like the guy works out. Obviously, he was a part of the greatest dynasty in sports history with the New England Patriots. There's a lot of things that I like about Casario. But if we're being factual, if we are being honest, Casario wearing a vest is clown freak behavior. It is. I never, could, I never considered until you mentioned it that it might be a nipple issue. Maybe, maybe he's self-conscious about, like, Nipping hard. Does he have dinner plates? Hmm. I don't know. I I have tiny nipples. I have really tiny nipples. They're alarmingly tiny. And it's weird because 
the chest hair I have. Like, I weirdly don't, lost in there. I don't have much chest hair. <laughs> I don't. It's, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have no back hair. But around my nipples, it grows like a lion's mane. It's hilarious. And there's, they're really tiny, too. And I'm like, should I leave the lion's mane in to make him look less tiny? These are the things I think about when I manscape. <laughs> Clown freak. <laughs> but here's the other thing, too. Nick is jacked. Why are you wearing a vest? Yeah. Rock that bod. Paul, this is another sign. Granted, he's in great shape. He should never wear that vest, ever. I don't know what he's doing. So, um, also, I didn't, I didn't, this didn't occur to me until just now. I, the way I saw this was on the Texans Reddit. Uh, obviously, there's, there's eyes and ears in the Texans Reddit because of uh, Cal McNair. So maybe Cal brought this to Nick's attention, being like, hey, you know, I'll surf in the web. And uh... Nick, uh, Steve's got a point. You're a clown freak with your vest <laughs> and, on, bro. Yeah. And we have to keep. The AC much lower in here because you're a clown freak wearing a vest. And- <laughs> oh, i got to turn the air conditioning up. Yeah. Uh, I'm in my office playing video games. Yeah. You can't do that. I had to bring a blanket in. I really hope that Kavik there, who I believe has been confirmed to have been playing Zelda, I really hope he got into the new uh, Breath of the Wild. Have you seen the clips from that game? That game seems awesome. I, yeah, I've seen my brother play it. I yeah, want to switch. There, there's like you can like make machines and stuff I, in that. I, yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. I want to play it. I, I Zelda. I love Zelda, but I haven't played a game since uh, Twilight Princess. Like Zelda was my favorite video game franchise for a really long time, and I used to go out of my way to make sure that I could get it on whatever console. But then there's the Wii, and I was like, ah, oh, the Wii's stupid. And then they they you know the Switch came out, so there's been. Uh, there's Skyward Sword, and and I think two Breath of the Wilds, and maybe there's another. Uh, no, one this well. one's called something else. The new one. Mm-hmm. It's hold on. Oh yeah, and there was like Tears of the Kingdom too. Yeah. Is this that? Yeah, Tears or Tears? I don't know. Tears okay. of the Kingdom. Mm, fun times. Sean Apes behind the glass. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show. ESPN ninety-seven-five and ninety-two-five. Coming up next. Who the hell's going to help out Framber Valdez? <laughs> because it's starting to get dicey, especially with a surprise development in last night's Astros game. We'll talk about that. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the spirit of radio. 